This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. It's a Friday edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm joined by EP Rinkside, Sean Shapiro, also of Shap Shots. He's our NHL guru right here on Spits and Suds. How are you today, Sean? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's a... Uh... It's a Friday. It's uh, it's early. It's early Friday afternoon. Kind of getting things done. Just looking forward to a good lunch, and it's it's a good day. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, imagine the betting odds in Vegas, and I don't want to go off on this, but teams to beat the Bruins in regulation uh, for the first time in twenty twenty three probably wouldn't have had the Seattle Kraken at the top of the list, even though they're playing great hockey right now. But that was uh, that was really cool to watch last night and shows the quick development of expansion in the NHL. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't have had, I guess so, I wouldn't have expected the uh, going into the season, obviously, yeah. it's here at a spot. But with how the, with how the Kraken have been playing this year and, They've been on a bit of a heater themselves. Have won seven in a row. Like it's it's not it's not overly surprising. The Kraken won one game in Boston to me. The thing about these expansion teams that's more impressive, and it's the thing that's like obviously it was great. It was a great story when Vegas went all the way to the Cup final in their first year. But the thing about hockey, and you you know this well, Gavin, as a hockey fan, is hockey's varied uh hockey's hockey's it's random it's fun it's crazy things can happen in a small mm-hmm. sample size like vegas going to the stanley cup final well that was uh definitely surprising and impressive i would argue actually making the playoffs through an 80 like winning enough games to make the playoffs as a fran as an expansion team is more difficult than winning six winning 13 14 games within 30 games i did it's it's actually it's one of those things where it's like just because of the sample size it's it's more impressive that what vegas was able to do right off the bat which leads to my point here about what seattle's been doing now in year two when frankly the team they kind of built last year i don't think they made like you look at some of the decisions they made and everything like that i don't think they built the best possible team they could have in year one. And now this year they've just been making a lot of smart decisions. They've been really like, I don't know. It's, it feels like all of a sudden, like they went from like year one of like, we're playing with house money. Like we exist. That's cool to this year. They're actually, they're acting like a team and it's like, and they're making some really smart moves. Like I love the, I love that they picked up Eli Tolvanen. I still, I'm still amazed that Eli Tolvanen 
dropped that far in waivers from mm-hmm. Nashville. Like, like I'm not surprised he was claimed, um, but I'm surprised that there's so many bad teams in this league that could have picked up a guy who's got, I think six or seven points in his last seven games. Now with Seattle, like good for Seattle. And uh, you know what, even, we should also take a moment to like for the Bruins to not lose at home until their 41st game of the season. That's, I mean, they're on a ridiculous pace right now. They're not what I can actually do that simple math because 41 times 68 times two is a hundred and 136 point pace. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. And I probably should have saved that for around the NHL because we always do that after talking to the, uh, about the Dallas Stars. So let's get into the game, and then we'll get back to the NHL. Um, this is why you need to listen to today's podcast. So a power ranking came out by CBS Sports, and you're going to be surprised not only where your Dallas Stars are, but where a lot of teams are. And Sean and I are going to discuss and throw some teams into the mix. So that's going to be a lot of fun. The odds are out also as far as who will own the Ottawa Senators, and we'll talk to Sean about that and uh, get his thoughts on the Ottawa Senators sale. But let's get into this New York road trip. And on the surface, three out of four points is terrific. Uh, It's wonderful. It's awesome. That's not an easy trip. Uh, Losing with one second last last night, you know, I tried, Sean, to pick it apart and everything like that. I don't know how many goalies would see that. I mean, that puck had destiny going into the net, uh, you know, and I'm so shocked it didn't hit anyone. And I know the stars tried to clear the zone and my only nitpicking would be at some point, I, you know, I know they want to shoot for the net, but sometimes I just want to clear it. Um, but I mean, that's nitpicking. I, I just think, I don't think the stars played their best game. Uh, I thought both teams limited opportunities for the other team. I thought it was a, a good defensive effort. And, you know, unfortunately, the Stars come up short in overtime. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I have, at the end of the game, I felt really bad for Jake Ottinger, just from a perspective of he deserved at least the win, if not the shutout. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, The way he played on that that two-wing, the two-game two, uh, two game swing through New York. Um, it's, with, with how, with, with that game and, with the final execution at the end, um, did Dallas deserve to win? Probably, like, probably not based off overall play. Like, I think the Rangers were the better overall team throughout the game. But when you're Dallas, the inability to execute with the empty net um, at the end, like, I just, I thought that was a situation where I don't think you, you should never force things to the empty net, but there was just a couple botched situations where you could have ended that game, mm-hmm. basically put that game to sleep and it would have been over. And you also have, and, and I, at the end, and I also think there's just some situational awareness that could have been better applied from the collective group outside of Jake Ottinger in the last three to four minutes of the game. That's kind of where I take from that. And that's if I'm, if I'm coaching, I'm happy. I'm happy with the point. I'm happy with the point. When I look at the body of work, I'm not happy with the point when I look at what I could have had when it was with three to four minutes left in the game. And it's like, that was the space where you actually needed some of the old stars, right? Like we talked before about how like the stars, we like how they go into the third period and they don't sit on leads and stuff like that. There's some situational awareness things that the Rick bonus stars did that the Pete DeBoer stars needed to do last night. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, I thought Ottinger came up big, especially in the second period with three, three straight power plays uh, for the Rangers, and that is a serious power play. I did take a step back, Sean, and realize that yeah. you know they are playing one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. So I thought that was you know good. Anytime you can get a point out of the uh, of the Rangers, um, but the three straight power plays. Um, I know it can be fluky throwing it over. Um, I actually thought it should have been another power play for the Rangers. I thought the stars got lucky uh, coming off the stick of Jamie Ben. And I know Paul Gallant of the Rangers was very unhappy about that, which leads me to a quick question to you. Do you think the NHL will allow the referees to look at delay of game penalties of whether or not there was contact with the puck um, before it went over, or did it tip the glass? Uh, will they review that in the future? Um, I think it shouldn't. My issue with review, and this is something where I, I just don't get the. I, I think it should. I think it's fine. I think it should be reviewed. But I think all reviews. I think we, the amount of time that we take, on reviewing things is the mistake here. Like we go, like, like I was, I was before, so last night, full disclosure, I was at the Detroit Toronto game last night. And then I came back and I watched the, nice. yeah, I re I rewatched the New York Dallas game this morning, actually. So it's, it's fresh in my mind, but I was at the Detroit Toronto game last night and there was a goal in the first period that was called back for a distinct kicking motion where, um, I thought it was a, I thought it should have been a goal initially, but they got the call right based off the rule and, and everything like that. It took, we're, we're watching the game. It takes two, three minutes to get through that. And at the end of the day, with the manpower they have in the league office, with the amount of people in, all of this stuff should just be being reviewed right away instantly, in my opinion. Like we shouldn't have to go to the point where we're breaking things down over three, four minute stretches. It should be with the manpower they have, with the things like that, the amount of angles you can pull. I think decisions just need to be made quicker. That, that's kind of where I keep coming down to on this. And if we can get the league, get the league, uh, like the back end guys on the league um, ready right away, it was like, hey, I don't know if that one was a del- proper delay of game call or not. If we can get it fixed like that, I'm all for it. I'm just sick of all of these reviews where it takes two and a half minutes, three minutes, or, and all of a sudden you're like, why did we take this long when? Yeah. They came to a, pre- a decision that you feel like they should have been able to make after viewing the video two times at most. Yeah, there's no reason for Final Jeopardy to be playing in the arena. Yeah. That's it's got to go quicker than that. You can you cannot let you know, you you just can't have the fans wait. Um uh, I did want to point out Tyler Sagan because yeah. the first goal of the game, he drew the penalty um off of Lindgren, a good defenseman, and just by his effort in front of the net. And I'm seeing some terrific effort out of Tyler Sagan. I know we want the points to be up there, but as I mentioned in this podcast, I just think he's doing so many little things that are paying off for the stars. Uh, so then, you know, I mean, Marchment kind of, you know, it deflected off another stick, but it was a heck of a pass. Let's just call it that from Marchment to Sagan open in the slot. He beats Shesterkin. Uh terrific goal to uh, go up one to nothing. Um, your thoughts. I just, I just think Tyler Sagan the last couple of games, but I know he's been doing this all season. He's doing just a lot of little things that, you know, maybe other 
what we call high scoring forwards might not do. I mean, he is, um, I think, I think Tyler has really embraced the role of not being the top line center. And I'm not saying that he doesn't want that title, but I think he's embraced the role of how do I transition my career to be an effective player? Um, even when I'm not the guy who's scoring all the time, even when I'm not, I don't have the health and because like Sagan, I mean, he is healthy now this year, but it's the first time he's been healthy in a long time. And he has the ability to, um, to impact the game in other ways. And I think just seeing him embrace that role further is in a non The Tyler Sagan Ken Hitchcock year. I'm mean, just going to sound like a tangent, but it's it, it will make sense. I promise. It's your um, podcast, the, man. The, Go on tangents. The, 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 the Tyler Sagan Ken Hitchcock year. I know everyone kind of gave Ken Hitchcock a lot of credit for like, oh, look how he turned Tyler into a defensive center, and look how he made him a full number one guy, and everything like that. And that was a contract year for Tyler. Like I think that sometimes gets lost in that year. Like like we look at that. That's that Hitchcock season. For Tyler Sagan, it was a contract year. He was doing everything from like essentially to like, oh, look, look what I'm doing. Look, look at, look at this. Look how he's going to make it work with coming, coming in a year where he has to get that next big contract. And so you combine that and then you combine with some of the other injuries he dealt with and things like that. Like, I think it's, we're seeing, it's nice to see Sagan step into this role and really embrace it. Now that he's gone through the injuries and the health scares and everything, and even though his money is guaranteed, he's set for life, and he's still embracing a bit of that role when there's not a big contract on the line. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that contract years impact players, but they impact players. And I and I just I, I look at it this way, where that's what makes us even more impress impressive and notable to me is that. Tyler decided he wanted to continue his career. He wanted to find a way to continue to be a viable player in this league, even if he is, even as his body has betrayed him a little bit and kudos to him on all of that. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to spits and suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Sean Shapiro. You can find him at Sean Shapiro on Twitter. Okay. I think you're going to disagree with me here. Um, uh, and I mean, I mean no disrespect. I have to make the disclaimer. I am a Miro Heiskanen fan. I think he's a very, very good player. Um, I just, I would like to see, I mean, he's having a, a decent year offensively. I just want to see more of a dominant offensive player. I would like to see him, and I know he tried to last night, um, probably not the best opportunity uh, since the Rangers met him pretty quick. But I would like to see him because when he gets going, you know, and he does those D-man rushes, it's really impressive. Um, so I think he's a really, really good player, Sean. I want him to be elite. And is that, in your opinion, is that going to take more time? Or is he at that point yet? Uh, I know there's only one and only Hale McCarr. Um, but Fox last night was impressive. And when the game was on its biggest stage, I wanted Miro Heiskanen to shine. Um, so I would 
counter with this because I think there's a trajectory. I would say Mira Hussein is elite. I, I don't. I think I don't think you could say something one way or the other. I don't. He, he's he's elite. Um, I look at Miro Heishkin's career path, and I think the ceiling is even higher in where it can go. I look at it in a very similar way to um, Roman Yossi's career. I look at, and I don't, I don't know if Heishkin will ever have a 96-point season like Yossi had last year, but I, I look at that part of Heishkin's game is going to continue to come with a bit of the confidence and the basically F the world attitude offensively that he's never really had to have before. And frankly, the stars were hoping to kind of organically grow within him by letting John Klingberg go in a bit of kind of an addition by subtraction. So I I think it's on its way. I mean, you look, you look at, he's got, he's on pace right now for, you talk about progressions, right? He's got 31 points in 40 games this year. He had yeah. 36 and 70 games last year. He's on pace for a 61 point season. Um, he he's on, and that's about doing really poor rough math. That's what about two thirds point of a game rate or something like that. And that's that's kind of and that's what we saw him at at his height in Finland. I think he had, in his last season in Finland before he was drafted. He and his after he was drafted, sorry, he had 23 points in 30 games and regular season games. And, and I, I think he's on the right track. I think there is still a bit of the take the game over offensively mentality that has to come with Heishkinen. Mm-hmm. I think it, and I, th- I think you're fair on that, but I think it really starts with, we're talking about a player that is only 23 that has a different career trajectory than most young defensemen. Kale McCarr had to learn the game defensively. Fox, I feel like still like his points won him a Norris, but I feel like Fox's defensive game still has strides to make. And I don't know if he'll ever get there. Um, Heishkinen to me is if you're purely from a, I want to win a game. I need a defenseman who's going to keep the puck out of my net. I mean, I don't know who else in the world he would pick just, just truthfully. If you're talking about just keeping the puck out of your net, I think he will get there in the offensive progression. I think it will go. I think this 61 point pace this season is probably a good launching point for a guy who can be 65, 70 point player. Um, Just at the end of the day, the one thing that Heishkinen doesn't have that a Fox has and a Makar has. And this is just the one thing that it's hard to, to build is he has a good shot. He has an NHL quality shot. He doesn't have the world-class release that that's why you drafted him and, and Makar and Fox have better shots. And so that's always going to be a little bit different there. Um, so for that reason, Miro is also going to be a little bit more of a deferrer. If that, if to use proper terminology, they're a little more of a deferrer to set up things. So it's kind of, I can't be upset with him, but I do see where you're coming from. Where it's like, okay, where, what is the next step? What is the next progression? And I look at Yossi's career and I look at the fact where Yossi's career kind of went where it was. Uh, let's see. I just pulled it up. He went from, let's use non-lockout years, 40 points, 55 points, 61 points. 
kind of in that 40, 50, 60 point range, and then just really took off in his late twenties with 65 point season, uh, 33 point and 48 game season, which would have been like a 60 something point over 82 games at uh, 96 points. He's got 33 now and four. like, I, I think Miro is going to kind of have a bit of a Roman Yossi next step offensively. And we just have to kind of give it a little bit of time for him to continue to grow into that role. Um, and just, fully embrace it because right now he's doing a little bit of everything and carrying his pair and everything like that. And um, it's, but I, I think, I think there's more to come and I'm not overly worried about it right now. Um, now I think we can let's, let's, let's stick a pin in this conversation and yeah. then in April, April and May when the game's on the line, let's see what happens. Cause that's, that's when it will matter most. That's what I love about this podcast. We can have these uh, conversations. So eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Stars, like we mentioned, three out of four points, uh, long travel home, and then they're stuck with an afternoon game tomorrow against Calgary at the AAC. We've talked about how far the Stars have to travel, and they just came off a California swing in L.A. and Anaheim, back to the AAC for a game, then up to New York for two games, then back. Uh, You know, hopefully the wear and tear – you know, isn't a major factor, Sean, but I mean, I would think they'd probably get back about three or four in the morning this morning. I'm I'm guessing DeBoer does maybe a light skate or I'm not even sure if they're skating at all today, but then tomorrow, you know, you got to get your legs going early. So just a real tough stretch. So, I mean, overall, I think they've played pretty well considering all the miles they've put on. Yeah. It's the, it's the home game that feels like a road game. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Um, and the Calgary Flames are coming off of, let's, since we have the internet, let's see, the Calgary Flames are coming off. They played in St. Louis yesterday, I think. Uh, they did. They did. Yeah, so they, they played, they, they played, they played, yeah, they played in St. Yeah, Louis yesterday. Yeah, they won. Yesterday. They beat St. Louis last night, and, yeah. And so the Flames are coming back from, Flames, Flames are traveling too, but coming off literally a closer flight. St. Louis is closer to Dallas. They're coming off being in the same time zone like it's if it's it feels it's a road game for Dallas has a road game at home on Saturday yeah. essentially yeah. and um 
that's kind of the nature of where the stars are not having a great travel partner now in an indeterminate amount of future at some point when the NHL ends up in Houston at some point, the stars travel will get a lot better because they will be able to have a travel partner right there where you don't get these one-offs. You don't get these things where things like that. And, but it's just a reality of being the Dallas stars and it just adds the degree of difficulty to the regular season. The good thing about the stars and you talk about adversity and things like that, it's a built in adversity point for a coach that you build around. So um, that's how I look at it. It's just a reality of being the Dallas stars. That's, that's unfortunately what it is. And as long as you are the only team with, without, without really a great travel partner, that's, what's going to happen. There you go. And let's uh, jump into the NHL now. And uh, news came out with T-Mobile considering an acquisition of Mint Mobile, which Ryan Reynolds owns. So, or he has a large stake in that will open up some further funding. Um, however, um, it's a lot of money to own a any kind of major league franchise. So the odds came out as far as Ryan Reynolds now being the betting favorite to be a majority owner of the Senators. He'd have to have a lot of capital, correct? But it would be yeah, great I mean, to this, it, would, it would be great to have a Canadian owner. This is a trap bet. That's what it feels yeah, like to me. Yeah. Like this 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 is this is one of those where you know what and I don't know it's going to be this is one where your bookies this is one where the bookie screws you or the or the book screws you because I I would bet that Ryan Reynolds is part of the next ownership group for the Ottawa Senators. But he will not be the majority owner. Like I I think there's with with his interest to own the senators and be part of the ownership and kind of want from a content and production around the NHL standpoint to get involved. I don't see how the NHL doesn't make Ryan Reynolds part of the senators next ownership group. But to me, it's kind of going to be those things where Ryan Reynolds is going to own like a percentage of the thing, be the guy who's kind of the face and, and, and helpful of it, but he's not going to be the majority owner. The majority owner is going to be someone with Bill Foley type of money, someone with, I can buy Premier League soccer clubs money, a consortium. Like it's not going to be Ryan Reynolds. That's just that the reality is it's Deadpool actor money is great money. It's great living. I would love it. Yeah. But it's not buy. it's not majority sports team ownership money. Right. Right. No, that, 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 that makes sense. Uh, the names are also on the list. Michael Anlauer, Jeffrey or Michael Kimmel, uh, Patrick DeVogel, Andre Desmaris, Roger Greenberg, and a familiar name, Jeff York. So it'll be it'll be kind of fascinating to see what happens, but clearly they need to get the uh, stadium. I mean, if I'm buying the team and I'm yep. shelling out that many uh, binions, so to speak, I need to know that there's going to be a new arena built, or at least we're progressing yeah. in that right direction. Yeah, and it's the... I mean, I don't, I don't know anything. I want to put the disclosure on there. I don't know anything about these specific deals or anything like that. But from my feeling about things and reading tea leaves and stuff, you're looking at there's Andlor, who's part owner of the Canadians, too. Um, he owns, I believe, he owns Hamilton in the OHL. Between him and then the 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 Kimmel or Kimmel, I'm not really sure. Those guys feel like it's kind of comes down to them, and I would imagine there's a wink wink nudge nudge type negotiation with the nhl of like okay whoever of you wins this wins this bid 
we're going to carve out a percentage for Ryan so we can uh, have a, a welcome to Wrexham like effect on, on mm-hmm. this team. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And we remember what Tom Gillardi had to go through to, to own a team with mm-hmm. all the yeah. craziness with the Vancouver Canucks, which I'm sure he has not forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So Austin division of CBS sports.com came out with a list that, Provided quite the conversation between you and I before this podcast and uh, got me excited. So CBSSports.com came out with their NHL power rankings. And number one was the Bruins. Number two was the Carolina Hurricanes. Just checking. I'm okay with top two. You? Yeah, I'm fine okay. with that. Number three, folks. The Minnesota Wilds. You want to talk about it, or should I just keep going on the list? <laughs> That's I'm, I'm I'm still I I don't get that one. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't. So this is what he says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Wild did pick up a uh, victory against the Islanders last night. Philip Gustafson is tied for 36 in the NHL with 16 appearances, yet he ranks 11th in the league with 8.74 goals saved above average per natural stat trick. He's a big reason the Wild are still within striking distance of the Stars and Jets. So he acknowledges in the power rankings that the Wild are behind both teams and he just keeps earning more starts over Mark andre Fleury. The Wild, the number it, three. It, it, it's also, it's it's a great praise of Philip Gustafson, but the fact that Gustafson's, I mean, for any, so to give anyone or just a quick most of our most of our listeners you can skip the next 30 seconds but for everyone who wants a quick analytical discussion goal saved above average is essentially it's a really it's probably the future stat that works a little bit better than save percentage and uh it's it's basically rates a goalie's performance it's like the equivalent of goalie war in baseball uh and so the fact philip gustafson is 11th in the league with goals saves saved above average, um, and 16th in the league in appearance, sorry, 36th in the league in appearances to I'm really pulling the stat right from these power rankings. That tells you that the wild as a team are relying more heavily on their goaltender than the entire team as well. So I, I don't get this placement at all. I mean, I don't know if this is a, I, I don't get this placement at all because yeah. it's, I, I just, I just don't get it. It's yeah. if you want to go, if you want to say, Hey, the East is better than the West. I can buy that argument. You can mm-hmm. say, okay, the East is better than the West. We put Easter tie goes to the Eastern team. That's fine. But yeah. I don't, if you're, if you're looking across the West and you're going to have this setup, I mean, I mean, I know we're going to get, I'll let you, I'll let you, the fact <laughs> with where some other teams from the West fall yeah, stars and other teams included I, it's kind of a bit, ba- bit baffling, honestly. Well, I'm just going to jump around because yeah. um, the same example of the Wild being ahead of the Stars and the Jets on this list happened once again as he has the Kraken at number 11, the Kings at number 12, and in 13th plate, the first place Golden Knights. I'm okay actually with the Kraken being ahead of the Golden Knights with how the Kraken, the Kraken have played lately. I mean, we just talked about them winning, going and ripping off seven in a row. 
beat Boston last night. Obviously, that was before this came out because I know this came out the other day. So I'm I'm okay with Seattle being above there, but it's it just this is such a the question for me with power rankings, and I I would like to. If I ever do my own power rankings, Gavin, I want you to hold me to this. Someone needs to define power. They need to define, they define, they need to define what, what they're ranking. Are they ranking the teams playing the best at this moment? Or are they ranking the teams that they feel that you feel like can win the Stanley Cup? Because there's two different ways to do power rankings. Yep. I'm fine with either. I just if I ever do power rankings, hold me to it. Make sure I define which way I'm ranking them. <laughs> I, I think I think and I'm not a fan of yeah, exactly. I'm not a fan of college football as far as their preseason rankings, but I would do it similar to that, where I would make it very clear these are my preseason rankings. And then from there, as the season moved along, I would put people up and I would put people down. Yeah. Like so it's for example. If you if this list was based off the teams that were playing the best recently, I don't know. Maybe you're maybe maybe you include the Wild up high, but then you have Seattle so low, so that's not the way you're going. So, right. is this this a feelings thing where you really think the Wild are the third best team in the league right now when it comes to potentially winning the cup? I if I was to build power rankings right now, if I was to go through and be like, hey let's go let, let, let's do this power rankings boston's clearly your number one yep carolina is your number two yep i mean i don't know like all of a sudden you're you're start you start looking at okay now vegas and dallas and maybe toronto it depends on how you want to look at the east versus the west but like vegas and dallas are both in the i don't know how they're not in the top at least the top six at, at worst. That's so. my thought. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely agree. So we have the Bruins at one, the Hurricanes at two, as we mentioned, the Wild at three, Maple Leafs at four. He has the Lightning at five, the Rangers at six, the Washington Capitals at number seven, number eight, the Buffalo Sabres. I give the Sabres a ton of credit. Wonderful player in Tage Thompson. They have some really nice pieces, but I don't know how Buffalo goes in front of number nine, Winnipeg, and number 10, Dallas. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely, I mean, Buffalo and Winnipeg actually played uh, last night. It was a great Jets. game. It was a great game. Yeah, I, no, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know the etymology. Like it's this, yeah, this thing jumps all over the place of <laughs> it does of, 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 of the reasoning, and so I think that's it. Just makes it like I just I pulled it up here and I just start scrolling, and you're like, I just I don't know how teams jump around on this. Like all the way yeah. at the bottom, like he's got the Coyotes at number thirty two, which is which is fine. That's where the Coyotes probably that's the range the Coyotes should be in, but they were they dropped five spots, like. What if the Coyotes? What have the Coyotes done where they could have been anywhere above thirty-two before? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. No, no like, doubt. He's got the Ducks all the way up to twenty-seven now, and the Canadians right. below the Ducks. Uh, it, it's yeah, just, and the and the Panthers are and the Panthers are rising in this, and the Flyers are rising too. Like it's, I don't. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I know. I know. Team number fifteen is kind of fascinating in the Colorado Avalanche. And I don't know. 
And until the final buzzer sounds and they're eliminated from the playoffs, they still scare me. And I mean, they're going to be in in the West, right? You're going to look at the wild card. And if I told you, I mean, they have less when it comes to points percentage. They're ahead of St. Louis and Nashville right now. They're right behind. With games in hand, they are right behind Edmonton for the second wild card right now. I have a hard time betting against the Colorado. Colorado not getting into the like. I have a hard time betting Colorado won't get into the playoffs. Just reality yeah. of it. Yeah, like, it's and you just you hope and it's just going to be. <laughs> it's just a, you hope that they get in. I mean, if you if it's like if you're one of the good teams, it's just like you're like this is the team that may end up sneaking into seventh or eighth. That's just the defending cup champs. Like you're just you just it's just it's kind of like a perfect storm of frustration. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is. So, I mean, it makes for good opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand if Chicago can beat the Avalanche and stuff like that, it's going to, I mean, the playoffs this year are going to be amazing because um, parity in this league is so fascinating this year with so many teams in the mix. And that's going to make, as we mentioned, uh, the trade deadline. I did want to mention on Wednesday's podcast, uh, Craig said, that he would be extremely careful what moves the stars make because he feels as though the way that they're playing, he does not want to ruin the room or the chemistry on ice at all. So I wanted to get your perspective on that. I can, I can definitely agree with him on that, but I look at it from this perspective where I don't think you ever um, go away from adding. I think it's, you're just more, um, focus on what the subtraction is on the way out. I think like this is, uh, this is a spot where if I'm the stars and I'm looking at assets, um, unless, I mean, unless it's obviously certain, I, I look at it where room wise, I look at if you're bringing a guy in and somebody else is coming out of the lineup, players understand that players understand how it works. I think what you don't want to do is get in a spot where you trade away someone or move a guy from the current roster that is that holds things together and to to bring another guy in. So I think basically if you're making your move, you're looking at picks, you're looking at prospects, you're looking at making that type of futures deal to another team as opposed to subtracting from your current core. The one move that I talked about was I mean if you add more scoring, wonderful. Um, but at the same time, I would love to see some more. I would love to see the more production out of the fourth line. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess is the, yeah we talked yeah we, we, we talked, talked about, about that. that on there like yeah. and I and I think you're you've got you've got some options out there where if you can make a a, a deal to get I've, we've obviously talked about Nyquist. You can see if. I would be making calls about Kuzmenko in Vancouver just mm-hmm. to see what the, what that is there. Um, Cause he makes sense I, under the cap. He makes sense under the cap. Now he would be, he would definitely cost something as far as future assets, but he's a guy who he's 26. Um, if you can resign him to me, it's worth trading other future assets for him. So yeah, um, he would, he would make sense. Um, and I think by beefing up, the top six it leads to push down through the lineup and hopefully that creates more for your fourth line. I think that's the way you do it as opposed to going and getting 
um, a specific fourth line guy. Well, man, that was a great episode. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And if you could spread the word, uh, that would be wonderful. It's a new year. And uh, December was better than November. So we are growing this thing. And uh, our goal is is to educate hockey fans throughout DFW with our opinions. You can always reach out to us directly at Sean Shapiro, at GJ Spittle on Twitter. And uh, you had a nice little tilt last night, Detroit, Toronto. So you know Sean Shapiro is traveling all over the place, checking out all the games. So you're a beast, my friend. Have a great weekend, and we'll uh, catch up to you hopefully after uh, two points on Monday. Yeah, everyone enjoy the uh, enjoy the weekend, and uh, let's – Should be a fun one Saturday. Yeah, absolutely should. So thanks for listening, everyone, to Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan.